And hello, everybody. It's another Tuesday, landing right here at How Table Talk. Only this time, there's a serious absence of a table. That's because we have our very first special guest. First of all, Pastor KD, right here to my left. It's me, Landon Wright. I've already said that, but I like hearing my own voice. And then right over here, we have the very, very successful, very valuable to the church, Brother Curtis Campbell. Brother Curtis, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Oh, we're good, man. We're just glad there's finally more than two guys up here. You know, maybe we'll get some nuggets of wisdom out of you today. Hopefully that's the goal anyway. So anyways, Brother Keith, why don't you give us a quick background on uh, you and Brother Curtis and his, uh, his being here at the church. Well, he's just been a blessing. We've been together, like I said, going on 20 years, maybe a little bit more together. And um, he's always been the, the financial guy that uh, we lean to for reports, for insights, for wisdom, and to be able to put things together financially to present to the bank. He's done a good job. Um, he's been a blessing. He's been a big friend and a pal and a buddy and uh, just a great, great guy. And I love him. <clears throat> He's always been real, real, real special to me as a person, not just as a pastor, but as a friend. So he does a great job. And I believe today we can glean from some things that he says. And I believe if we'll apply them, um, they'll help us out financially. What do you think of that introduction, huh? It's a pretty good one. I don't know if I could even top that. <laughs> <laughs> But some, you know, sometimes you stretch it a little bit, and he might have been stretching a little bit. Just a tad. <laughs> well, Brother Curtis, why don't you tell us, uh, how did you get a background on finance? Uh, was there any school involved and a, just a lot of experience? What went into that? Well, first of all, I want to thank Pastor Keith for inviting me to join y'all today. I don't know if uh, he's going to be so thankful when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but I thank him for inviting me here, and, and there's really no, I have no, education in finance. I started in a church with about 25 people, three checks and a scratch pad, wondering who we're going to pay if we even had enough checks to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> what, what bills are we going to pay? And then as the church grew, we, we got, uh, you know, the program QuickBooks, and I really just basically taught myself on it. Well, you know, that is very impressive when you're starting at, you know, not just the bottom, but like the, the emergency bottom, like like barely even enough to, to, to get going. And and uh, coming out of that hole, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, I mean you're, of course, going to pick up some things. So, Brother Curtis, I put together three or four really good questions here that I think can really apply to a lot of people out there, not just in central Louisiana, but really wherever they may be watching this. So the first question is, you know, a lot of people find themselves in debt these days. Uh, right now, cost of living uh, these days, is, it's always just growing and growing. I don't think we're ever really going to see it calm down anytime soon. And now with the pandemic and all that shifting in at the beginning of this year, it's just a, 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 just a weird time. But all that aside, uh, what's some of the big reasons that people find themselves in that, maybe as an individual or as a small organization or something like that? And don't look at me when you talk about it. <laughs> no, really... <clears throat> The main reason most people are in debt is because they want things they can't afford. You know, you, you have that small percentage out there that something comes up in their life, they, they have financial struggles due to maybe a job change or losing their job and having to start over again. Of course, 
once we lose our jobs and start over again, it'd be nice if our debt started over again, but our debt doesn't start over again. So, but the main reason is people just want things they can't afford. Uh, you know, things like maybe, we all know we need vehicles to get around and travel, and, but we might be a, a Honda Civic person trying to drive a Cadillac. Oh yeah. You know, we, we pick the bigger, better, faster, and, and things that we can't afford. So that's really the main reason most people are on debt, especially a lot of young people today they look at their parents and see what all their parents have. I know Brother Keith and I have talked about this a few times. They see all the things their parents have, but their parents have been working 40 years to get where they are and to have what they have. And I just want to go out and get my first job making seven fifty an hour, and I want to go buy boats, helicopters, and everything else. You know, I want what my parents got. I don't want to pay the price they paid to get it, though. Absolutely, you know, and I think that uh, a lot of uh, some of that comes from you know the kid grows up around all that nice stuff, and they just kind of get acclimated to the point where they feel like that's just how life is supposed to be, you know. And so, I know, like for example, when I went to college, I kind of got it a little bit to where I knew, like you know, hey, you can live off of great value brand groceries. You don't have to get the craft and the peanut and the Peter Pan peanut butter. You can get the value time and you know, it may not be the best taste, but it's not terrible, you know. So I, I, I kind of knew how to adjust and move on. But I had roommates at, at certain times that were just like, you know, they wanted everything to be like exactly like it was at home, and they could afford it. But like, you know, is it really worth it? I mean, like, because now you got just enough to kind of survive. If something fun comes up, even something cheap, like going to see a movie with some friends or, or a date with a girl or something, you're strapped, man, because you had to get the, the, the Tyson chicken nuggets. You couldn't get the Walmart brand, you know. So I understand that, absolutely. I've, uh, you said young people, I kind of had to put my head down. I was like, here it comes. Yeah, here it is. Well, anyways, question number two is, uh, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, everyone will tell you this, every book will say it, uh, but budgeting. Well, when we make a budget, you know, it, it, a lot of people say it like, like it's super easy. Well, just budget. Just make a budget. Well, you know, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of things now that are considered essential that probably weren't considered essential or even existed like 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, for example, TV is starting to get phased out, and now more and more people are going with streaming services. Uh, cell phones, I'm sure you can remember a, a day before cell phones, and when cell phones first got here, they were a luxury. They were something you just had if you could afford it. Well, now if you try to operate without a cell phone, I mean, you're in a bind because landlines are getting phased out. So when you're creating your budget, uh, what's a good strategy when you're doing that? Basically, like, how do you really decide? Is there any kind of, is there a set of questions? Is there anything you should ask? Is this really essential? And just kind of walk us through briefly uh, a good strategy for creating a budget. I don't really know if there's a, a good strategy per se. I know you can go online and get some things. There are a lot of good budgeting materials out there like Larry Burkett has some of the best. He's the one that I used most of the time when I used to do a little budget counseling with people. And most time if you get those it already has your essentials listed on them. But the main thing you're going to have to do is discipline. Most people, I'd say 95% of the people are not disciplined enough to budget. 
Because, I mean, you need to take at least a couple of months to sit down and track expenses or go back and dig through old records to track expenses because some of those essentials that would be on that list is like fuel for your vehicle and utilities for your home and groceries. So you need to take a, a month or two and go through all these things and how much did I spend on fuel for my vehicle in the last three months? How much did I spend on groceries in the last three months and get you a good average? And then once you got a good average on all those things that, that are deemed essential on your budget list, then you got a good starting point. Sitting down and creating a budget is not easy. Most people try to go off memory. They'll get that paper, oh, I spent, I think, about $150 on groceries last month. And when you pull out your receipts and add them up, you spent $450 on groceries. So then you got a big error in your budget already. So you need to spend the time to gather your information to get good, accurate information to create your budget. And then when you do that, you start, you know, then you got to add up all your income. You got to get all your income right. Uh, your gross incomes, uh, your net income after they take out taxes, insurance, or whatever it is you may have. And then the very next thing that that goes on your budget really before what goes on your budget first is your total gross income and then the second thing that goes on your budget is your tithe I mean we got to give the Lord what's his and you know it would be nice or, or it's easy you know God could have asked us for anything I mean it all comes from God anyway right. nothing I have nothing I own that I got on my own. God gave me the ability to do it. God gave me the ability to go to work, the, the mental capacity to be able to work and earn money. And God could have said, okay, I want you all to give me 90% and you keep 10% to live on. But the tithe actually means 10%. God wants us to give back 10% of what we earn and keep 90%. And I think that's the better deal. Myself, oh, absolutely. Keeping the 90%. I'm saying. But this I'll promise people out there because I have lived it in my life for the last 40 years or so. 90% will go a lot further than 100% will go. Once you get God in your life and you're serving the Lord, you're being faithful, you're faithful in your church attendance and you're faithful in your tithe. God just makes things happen that you can't sit down and put on paper and figure out. And, you know, you, you're saying that, and what I find is that, Brother Curtis, you're, you're saying, you know, get your priorities straight, basically, and put God right. first, and, and then put your, you know, that is an essential thing. God is an essential. This, he's not a non-essential. But I find out that, that younger people feel like, well, giving is something and budgeting is something that older people do. And so it's something that you do and I do. But now I, I'm in college or I just got out of college. We just got married. I don't have to, you know, tithing and giving is what older church people do. It's not what I have to do. But you watch them how they struggle through life financially. And what destroys a marriage more than anything is communication, a lack thereof, 
It's sex. Let's just talk about it. And then it is f finances. And I find out money destroys people because they don't put God first. They don't put the essentials there. They don't budget correctly. And then as a result, they're overwhelmed. And, and they, they dig a hole. And, and they end up, instead of pulling together to fight the problem, uh, they, they fight each other. And they blame each other for the money issue right. because they've not sat down and said, what is essential, what's important, let's prioritize, and let's work together instead of work against each other. Right. And unfortunately, what you said is true. It is most of the older people that do the budgeting. When it should be in reverse, if you could learn that at a young age, even if you're in high school, and just got a little part-time job to learn that in your life at an early age and start practicing budgeting in your younger years. I wish I had it done. Yeah, me too. I wish I wish I'd have known. I mean, I I had taken some classes and I, but I never had no one sit down and really tell me now this is what you need to do and 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 the sacrifices made when we're younger needs to be there. It's okay. Delayed gratification's okay because. In life, you can't have what you want. You can't have what you want. If you don't have the money, you don't have the jobs, you don't, you're limiting what you really can do. And money is, instead of being our slave, money becomes our master because it owns us. We don't own it. It controls us. We don't control it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that is our fault as parents. I mean, we set our kids down sometimes, and we talk to them about life things. You mentioned sex a while ago. We'll set them down, maybe talk about the birds and the bees, and I think that's even a small percentage in these days and times. But how many of us or how many people out there do you set your kids down when they do get that first job? So, okay, let's start showing you how to manage some of this. We don't do it. I agree with that. Well, you see, my parents attempted that, <laughs> and I was always just like, I got it. It'll be all right. And they'll just be like, well, I mean, just, just be careful. Those those three, four, five-dollar purchases at the gas station, and you know, grab a Crispito real quick, that adds up. And I'm like, I got like a whole $200 in the bank. I am great. Yeah. And no, uh, yeah, I was not. So, but like, you know, I, I, uh, like what you had said earlier, Brother Curtis, is um, that's just one thing that I've already learned just from sitting here and talking is I didn't know that an adequate amount of time to kind of get it planned out was a few months. I'm just thinking maybe a week or two. You know, you definitely want to think about it and go back and look at receipts and have that, that hard evidence. But, you know, it's not something, it's not like uh, studying for a test or something. You can't just sit down and pop through it in a few hours at night. It's, you know, so, so that's, that's great. And, and I, think, I think, you know, when, when Brother Curtis sits down and tries to help those that want to get their life financially together, um, you know, the unexpected things, Brother Curtis, in life, like when something breaks down or something blows up, most people live from check to check, and there's too much month at the end of the money, and, and they're, they're not prepared. And, and I know that they struggle with that, but one of, the, one of the things, not to beat anyone up, but we have heard through the years, we've, I've been doing this over 30, you're doing it over 35, somewhere in there, maybe 40 years ministry, is that when people come and say, I just cannot fi financially tithe, and let's set that aside. I can't financially tithe. That's, that's the biggie, but we're going to mm -hmm. set that aside. But I, I can't get a grasp on my finances, and we have offered 
for them to come sit down in confidence with you, just you and them would know their finances, and you would help them free to develop a budget, come up with a plan so that they can go forward, and very few, I'm going to say 10, uh, 10 people in 30 years that I know of who said, I need help, and I'm willing to do the discipline. You opened up with that. I'm willing to do di <clears throat> the discipline part of it and allow you to help me, meaning them, to, to develop a budget. We would rather gripe, complain, and we would rather just continue on uh, than we would to sit down and get help. And uh, everything that I've learned through finances, I've had to have somebody else help me. I didn't know it, but I wasn't so ashamed or so embarrassed or so prideful that I wouldn't say, sit down and say, I need some help right here. Yeah, and, and again, it falls back to you got to be disciplined and you got to be willing to put in the work, and most people aren't willing. When, when they come to you and they've started, did, did they ever follow through and did they ever come back and tell you, boy, it made a difference in my life, or did they kind of like fizzle out? I've had one or two maybe, but most of the rest just fizzled out. They, I mean, we spent all the time, did all the work, we went through receipts, got them all set up, and all they had to do was maintain from there out, and they just didn't have the discipline to maintain. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, sadly, that, that happens, and, and I totally get where the pride could come into play. You know, you don't like, be, especially as a, as a, you know, I'm, I'm only 25, but I can tell you I've already grown up a lot from when I was 21 because I hated being told. I was like, man, this is my life. I'm finally away from home. I get to see what I can do. Quit telling me what to do. Well, could not have been more wrong. So, so I'm well, glad I. You know, and l let me just say this, Landon. You know, I always tell my kids and anybody I would rather look stupid than be stupid, but I'll take it a notch further than to stay stupid. <laughs> and so, you, you, if you keep doing the things you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always gotten. And and I just think that. You got to let go of that and just admit, I just need help. And I know doctors and lawyers who, who you know, you look at them, you think, well, man, they got it all together, but they struggle in different areas than we do. It, no one, none of us has it all together, but together we can get it together if we can ask for help. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter your income. I'll just mention this. Of course, we don't mention anybody. I did some budget counseling one time with somebody that the husband and wife together made eleven thousand dollars a month now wait a minute say that again because that's important i want everybody to listen at this this is important now what did you do and how much did they make uh, they would come and wanted some help with the budgeting and we sat down and figured everything up and, and this couple together made eleven thousand dollars a month and they were struggling financially you know and when you do all the, the work to get all that stuff together, it really shows you where you're spending money in excess that should not be maybe spent in that area. I, I think, I think too, we just sometimes want to ignore it. Like, if we don't know it, you think that may be it? Like, look, we're not going to go get any help because if I know it, I've heard people say that I'd rather just not know. You just handle the finances, I'd rather. And then they fight all the time. Like, I can't believe it's you, it's me, it's you, it's me, it's you. Yeah. And it's so, always the other person yeah, spending. And so instead of learning, <laughs> instead of knowing, I'm just, let's fight. Yeah. I don't understand that philosophy. I don't either, but, but that's the way it is.
So, you know, uh, the, the whole thing with the budgeting and the, uh, the effort and all that that it takes to, to kind of get that mindset, um, I'm really glad we opened up that, that can of worms because that leads me, it flows flawlessly right into this next one. And it's, let's say you have your budget and let's say, you know, it's taken you a while, it's taken you some months. Let's say that this person even went to someone like you and got that help and, and they know they're doing it right. And now, let's say it's been about a year, two years of budgeting, uh, and, and, and you've got a little extra put up a little pocket, and you get ready to invest. Uh, when it comes to investing, uh, there's, there's different things you can do with it. Uh, last episode, me and Brother Keith talked about it's always good to invest in something eternal, invest in something that's left everlasting, so, you know, always pumping it back into a ministry, that's always a good thing. But let's, you know, just, just the, the core basics of, of investing your hard-earned money. Uh, what are some things that you need to be educated on and what some things you need to look out for? Because there's a lot of ways that can go wrong. You're right. And, and I don't know if it's so much educated. I think if you're going to invest, and you ought to be, invest, especially when you're young, and I, that's another thing I wish I'd learned in my life when I was younger. But I think one of the things you really ought to do is get a financial advisor. Get somebody that works in that field like uh, Edward Jones or somebody. And, and they, they charge fees. And that's why most people don't want to do it. I don't want to pay somebody a fee. But a lot of times paying that fee is going to be worth a whole lot more to you in the long run than making a bad investment. And that happens all the time. You have friends come up to you and say, oh, man, I got this hot tip. And, man, if you just invest in this and, and you invest in it, it turns out to be nothing more than some kind of pyramid scheme or some kind of thing. You've got hundreds or even thousands of dollars invested in it. And all of a sudden it crashes and you've lost all that money. Yeah. So uh, I think getting a, a sound financial advisor is a wise investment in helping you invest. Absolutely. And, and just to add on to that, uh, you know, nowadays uh, they've made it easier than ever really to, if you wanted to go the stock market route, there's plenty of free apps you can put on your phone. I'm sure a lot of you watching this have probably seen commercials and, and Facebook ads and stuff for it. Uh, there's one I use called Robinhood. Uh, there's a few, there's one called Acorns. Um, not sure where they're getting these names from, but anyways, uh, what the Acorns app does, I don't personally use it, but I know that it'll take all the, uh, you give it access to your bank account through a secure connection. The bank has, you know, they see it and they have to approve it and all that, so it's safe there. But it takes all the loose change in your bank and it, it invests that for you. So let's say your bank account balance is 787.65. It's gonna take that 65 and put it in the market and then it builds up over time. Um, with Robinhood, that one's a little more, you're kind of like your own broker, you pick your thing. And they've got uh, financial advisors, of course, that, that work for them on staff and they give you the pro tips on there. But even if you're gonna go that route, I wanna say you are still exactly right because just because it's easy, do it you can you can set it up on your phone and check it just like you would check the weather or an email or whatever but uh folks stocks you know there's there's people that that go to school a long time and work really hard just to understand that stuff yeah. at a high level 
And I think that, and, and some of those apps, uh, I'm not familiar with those particular ones. I am familiar with a couple of them that, that might charge you $10 to make an investment, you know, and put it wherever you want it. But unless you're willing to spend the time to investigate all those different stocks or whatever that you're trying to buy, you still run a high risk of making a bad investment if you're going to be your own stockbroker. Yeah, and, and let me, you, you alluded to something about these pyramid schemes. Now, they've got, they've got it decorated and camouflaged in so many things from food to money to, you know, different types of money, just different, different things that you can get. And I just say there's no shortcuts to success. Those schemes, the more people I get involved, I make money, and really it's the ones who start those things that make the money. And they, they make a presentation, they practice it, they memorize it, they got it down, they'll drive up in a car, they'll put clothes on it, just you think these people are rolling in the dough, but no one I find in the world is making so much money and cares so much about you that they just want to help you. I want, I want you to make millions like I made. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard, I've heard someone tell me, you're my friend and I couldn't make all this money and knowing you're my friend and leave you out, that was a direct, I don't need to be involved. You're right. There, there are no get-rich-quick schemes. Agreed. Well, no even legal if, ones anyway. <laughs> yeah. Even if you go back to the gold rush in the 1840s, where a lot of people did get rich getting gold, they still had to go in there with a pickaxe and dig and swing and work. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you didn't have to, you know, I mean, it was... As a time standpoint, you could get you a sack full of gold in 24 hours, but good luck walking after that, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, and finally, our, my last point as we're getting ready to wrap up here is um, everything we've said today is I, I, I really think can help some people out there, uh, you know, even if it's stuff you already knew and you're just getting a fresh take on it, um, especially from Brother Curtis over here who, as we said earlier, uh, you said you started, how many was in the original congregation? About 25 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two checks and a scratch pad, and there you go. And now, you know, we, if, if you've ever been to Heart of Worship, you'll see just how clean and impressive and, and, and all the great resources God's let us have. And, and you know, somebody's got to manage that stuff, so there you go. Um, but you said earlier, uh, you said we as parents talking about teaching your kids that stuff at a young age. Well, I've noticed, you know, and uh, I don't know how it was long time ago, but uh, when I was in high school not that long ago, and from what I know now, none of that uh, basic financial stuff is taught at, in the public school system. Um, so, you know, I, I for one, I think we can all agree it needs to be taught in, in the public high school system because not everybody plans on going to college. And so, you know, when you go to college, you're still kind of like in a little bubble from the real world. You're about halfway in it because you still got that school environment. But if you're going straight in the workforce, I mean, you need to know these things, you know, how to, how to take care of your money, how to balance your checkbook, how to make your payments on time. So, so what do you think is an appropriate age or grade to start that? Because, you know, to be honest, if you try to teach that to a seventh grader, they're still years away from even being old enough to work. So, like, what do you think a good grade would be to get a program like that started at a public high school? I definitely think by high school age, by so ninth, ninth and tenth grade. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in my younger years of school, of course, I started out when they used to have the stone tablets and you had to take chisels and 
what your answer's <laughs> in. But, but when I was in high school, I don't, I don't know if they do this today. They used to have a class called Home Ec where they took young ladies in, taught them how to cook yeah. and do different things. But There's they, a version of it now. Now it's a free elective, and they teach you how to cook and all that. I'm sure it's different at different schools, but, you know, they don't really stress like the sewing part and all that because, as you know, the world's changed a little bit. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's a version of that left. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But I know nothing along the lines of budgeting was ever addressed or ever offered. And, and I look at some of the things today, and, and we're not going to get off on the new math thing, but I ain't never seen anything more crazy in my life than what they call new math. And... I took classes in school. I took all my required classes, you know, algebra, algebra two, geometry, and uh, depending on what field you go in in life, most of that stuff is really useless. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. There, there's a lot of things that I learned in geometry I've never used in my life, but budgeting would be something everybody is going to have to face at some point in time in their life. And I believe that, like you said, high school's good, but think about it. If we could just take our our kids and they get a job and we could just help them start breaking that down, you know, the first thing is like, hey, you know, what are you doing with God? Let's take that out. And then let's I always say this, and I said this before, pay God, but then I'd say pay yourself. Well, you pay all your bills. What do you want to put up in savings? So pay yourself and then pay all. You know, of course, you got if you have bills, you have to pay. But my point is, before we begin developing all those bills, let's pay God, let's pay ourselves, and then let's work with that, what we have left. Yeah, and, you know, if you go online, especially if you get Larry Burkett's, that's what I worked with the most. Savings is one of those essentials on there. And he even breaks it down into percentages. Based on your income, you should buy, and I don't remember what the percentages are exactly, so don't hold me to, to amount. It's got house. 6% of your income should go to your housing. Yeah. And, you know, it breaks down how much you should be putting in savings monthly, a percentage out of your pay. And, and again, going back to the very first question, that, that's where you get in a lot of trouble. It's because you've gone, when, I, when I've looked at some of those percentages and broke them down, I'm like, wow, I'm way over in this area or yeah. whatever. And you sit down and budget somebody. I told somebody one time, and this is the truth, you sit down. And I said, the only way you're going to get out of this hole is you're going to have to sell your house and buy another house. Yeah. Did they do it? You can't afford this house. Did no, they, they didn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's fight about it. You I want to fight about it. It's you can't more afford fun this to house. fight. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Well, all of all of this information, I hope all of uh, you watching this, I hope you got something out of it. Uh, about out of time for this week, but Brother Curtis, again, thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of that. Uh, real quick, uh, can you tell everybody watching, do you still offer those financial classes or will you be offering them soon? Well, it's not a, a class that I do. I do have a class that I have done before, but most of this is just helping individuals personally. Okay. They would come in and say, hey, you know, I, I want to set up a budget. Can you help me? Absolutely. Well, hey, but, but let me just say this. He, he's willing to help. He, he might forget this part, but they got to do their part. Oh, yeah. So it's like if he sits down and he sets it up and he says, hey, you go and spend two or three months gathering this information, then they come back two or three months ago. Oh, we hadn't got rid. 
We hadn't got together yet on all the information, but what's the next step? The next step is go back in two or three months and get And so I've gotten any more the same way about everything is that we love people and we understand that we all need help, but you have to do the work. And if I care more about getting you help than you care about getting you help, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. And that's the way it is in the financial yeah. world. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to do the work for you. I'm not going to sit and go through your checks and your bank statements and decipher how much you spent on what. You're go you're going to have to work to set up a yeah. budget. It's yeah. math, folks, not magic. So, anyways, come by and see us one Sunday. You can find us on 28 East right here in Pineville. It's uh, 2720 Highway 28 East. I'm Landon Wright. This is Pastor KD. Mr. Brother Curtis joining us for our very first special guest. This is How Table Talk. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs>